Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We started this series last week and we talked about how the, the part of the reason why God wants us to have grateful hearts is because grateful hearts are healthy hearts, right? We would say, uh, many people would say, well, well, happy uh happy people or grateful people. No, no, no. It's grateful people that are happy people. And we've seen this and we talked about this last week, a lot of the neuroscience and even things that, that you can actually change the way the, the formation of your brain, the way the pathways work. Actually, physically, your brain will take changes as you practice gratitude. This is There's scientific evidence. Scripture confirms uh, or all those things are confirming what the scriptures tell us. And I want to share a story to you today from Acts chapter 16. So if you got your Bible, Bibles, you can open them up or turn them on or open up your app. Acts chapter 16 says this, one day as we were going, now we, this is, this is the apostle Luke, who is one of the 12, and Luke wrote the book of Acts, so if you ever read the book of Luke, go ahead and head over into Acts, and he wrote this book, and he spent a lot of time with the apostle Paul, who later wrote uh, two-thirds in the New Testament, and he says this, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, And this prayer meeting continued, you'll see in just a minute. We met a demon-possessed slave girl. Uh Uh-oh. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. And she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, how many know that she was spreading good news? She wasn't lying. She was demonic. She was filled with filled with demons, yet she was speaking truth. How many know sometimes you can say the right thing with the wrong spirit? Right? We'll go, oh, it was the truth that needed to be. She was speaking the truth, but it was instigated by demons. So sometimes you can say the right thing with the wrong spirit. And in verse 18, it says, the day after we went on uh, until, uh, I'm sorry, the day on after On the day, where where am I reading here? This went on day after day, there we go, until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her. Now, it's funny that Paul wasn't filled with compassion. He was filled with frustration. (laughs) It's interesting. So exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. How many know she didn't go through any sessions. She didn't get on any medication. The demon left. She didn't have to go through a program. We don't have a problem with any of those things, but I love the biblical mandate because it just happens instantly. Verse 19, her master, check it out, her master's hope of wealth were now shattered. Remember, he was using her to get money. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities of the marketplace The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the chief officials ordered them to be stripped uh oh, and beaten with wooden rods. They called this flogging. So they start beating them down with wooden rods. They're left naked. And it says this in verse 23 that they were severely beaten beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer who was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, they, the, the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet 
in stocks. Now check this out. Check this story out. They're beaten, they're naked, and they're thrown in prison. Not in the infirmity. Infirmity. They weren't thrown in the place where, where they treat wounds. They threw them in the, in, the, in the place where the worst criminals were. you got to understand that the dungeons of the, these times, they weren't the, the common cell that everybody's thrown in. They were beneath that. They were cold, damp, infested with probably rats and diseases. And here these guys were with open, gaping wounds thrown in this kind of cellar of the prison where they left to rot. And then they put them in stocks, which are basically wooden like a wooden clamp over their feet to lock them up to make sure they didn't get away because there had been some stories that we read at earlier in Acts where, where the disciples were released from prison. And so they're making sure that these guys don't get released. They're all locked up. They're beaten. They're hurting. They're aching. Let me tell you what they didn't do. They didn't start a, a social campaign about injustice. And, what ha- and I don't really necessarily have a problem with those things, but that's not what they did. They didn't complain to everybody and start a GoFundMe to get them out of jail because they were treated unjustly. They didn't try to go get a bunch of medical help. This is what they did. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What did they do? Did they protest? No. They prayed and they praised. Beloved, when you are in the most difficult situation you've ever been in, when you've been beaten down, when you've been thrown in, when you've been put down, when, you, when, you, when you're just waiting to die, can I tell you, you don't have to protest. You can pray. Come on. You can pray, and you can praise even in the midst of the darkest of times. And the other prisoners were listening. How many know somebody's always listening? Somebody is always listening. It says that the other prisoners were listening, and then suddenly... There was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains fell off. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. I love it that the, that the praise that came from the redeemed didn't just get rid of their chains. It got rid of the chains of everybody in the jail. Listen, I believe that God wants to set you free in such a way that it's going to set people free around you. People that aren't even looking to be free. People that are guilty. People that deserve to be in prison are going to be set free because of the freedom that is happening in you. The freedom that can come from you developing a lifestyle of prayer and praise. This is the deal. You can't cage the freedom we have. You can't cage it. You can, you can throw us in jail. You can take our lives. You know, William Wallace, you can take our lives, but you can never take our freedom. I would also add to this. You can take our lives, but you can't take our praise. You can lock us up, but you won't shut us up. We are going to declare the glory of God. Listen, not just till the end of our life. We are going to declare the glory of God forever forever. Even death, listen, even death will not rob us of that. So we rejoice in God's worth, in God's goodness, not in how good or worthy our situation is. Because there will be situations that you go through that are not worth your praise. But God is always worthy. 
What I love about this so much is that they were thrown into prison, but prison was never thrown in to them. I like the way the theologian and commentator Albert Barnes says it like this. He says, a Christian may found more true joy in a prison than a monarch on his throne. You can find more joy in a prison than a king on his throne. Because Christ in you, the hope of glory. And listen, the story didn't end there because we think, man, there they go. They, they loosen the chains. They, all the prisoners are set free. Well, let me tell you what happens. As soon as that happens, the guy that is overseeing them, the prison guard, says, oh, no, I'm not only going to lose my job. These guys are going to torture me. I'm going to die. All these prisoners that I'm in charge of are getting free. And so he starts to take his own life, and Paul stops him. He says, stop it. Stop trying to do that. He's like, I am here to tell you today that you are going to be saved in your entire house. He begins to prophesy to him about what's going to happen. Then he shares the gospel, and the prison guard who was about to kill himself because he he knows the punishment that's coming ends up giving his life to Jesus right there at that moment. Then he says, hey, Paul, what, what is happening? He said, listen, what we need to do now is we need to go to your house. So they go, listen, in the middle of the night, Get it? This is in the middle of the night. So this guy's boss is nowhere to be found. In the middle of the night, he leads this, this, this uh, prison guard to Jesus. He takes him to his house so they can eat something. Paul and Silas, they're eating at their house. Then they share the gospel with their entire family. You can read about this. They all get saved. Everybody. Everybody in their house comes to Jesus. Then they go back to the prison and stay the, night in, stay the rest of the night in prison. And the next morning they're released. Most of us, if we got out of that situation, we would leave town. But they looked at this as an opportunity to give more glory to God. Not only were they free, they brought revival with them. And listen, God wants to set you free to bring revival, not just so you can sit around and enjoy your freedom. Come on, he wants to set somebody free around you. The reality is this, is that we can find freedom in any circumstance. And it's found, listen, it's found through the power of praise. Did you know that many of, of the books that Paul wrote in the Bible, many, many of the books that God used Paul to write, were written in prison? Did you know that uh, Ephesians and Philippians and Philemon and Colossians were all written in prison? In prison, he's telling people, worship the Lord. God is good. God's worthy of praise. In prison. Most of us can't, can't write that in the, in the luxury of our home. We can't give people encouragement of those things. Then it says this in Colossians, one of the books that he wrote in, wrote in prison says this, let the message about Christ and all of his richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel one another with all the wisdom he gives. Then he says this, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. You know, sometimes it's easy to come in and sing the song but not have a thankful heart. But he says, listen, you need to sing these songs. You need to let them come off your lips. You need to declare the glory and the beauty of God. And you need to do it with the heart of gratitude. You just need to just be like, God, I'm just so grateful. That's why I'm dancing in worship. I'm just so grateful. That's why I'm on my face in worship. I'm just so grateful. That's why I'm shouting in worship. I'm just so grateful. My heart is thankful. And then he says this, and whatever you do or say. It follows, a lifestyle follows this kind of activity. It, just, it just doesn't just end in a service. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative 
of the Lord Jesus. Did you know the calling on your life as someone who, if you call yourself a Christian, if you say, I am a Christ follower, did you know that the calling on your life is to be a representative of the Lord Jesus? You can go get you a little badge made at Office Depot that says rep on there, rep Jesus Ministries, rep your name right there. And you can walk around. You're an ambassador. You're a representative of the kingdom of God. Did you know that everywhere you go, whether it's in a prison, come on, or a palace, you are a representative of Jesus. You are somebody is always watching. Listen, somebody that needs freedom is listening to you. Always represent Jesus. Giving thanks. There he is. Back to the same thing. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. So let's talk this morning about the spirit of praise. Because when we talk about praise, we think about service, right? We think about what we are doing in the first part of the service. But listen, that is, that is just a scratch of the surface of praise. See, praise, a couple of things that praise does is, first of all, praise brings us in. It engages us. It focuses our attention. It's like what we did in service this morning when we, when we got here at, at, at 11 o'clock, some of you 11.45. And it says this in Psalm chapter, no, no, you're okay. I'm just glad you're here. Psalm 100 says this, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise him, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. So praise him forever. This is what it says. Enter his gates. How do we enter into the throne room of God? How do we focus and set our attention on Jesus? By thanking him. That's why whenever I pray, man, I've been sharing this with you guys, that there's just been this season in my life where when I wake up, I'm just like, thank you, God. What did I do in that moment? I stepped into heaven. I stepped into heaven that's around me. I just said, thank you, Lord, and there I am. Why? Because we enter. Listen, we enter into his presence. His his presence is here, but we enter into it with thankfulness. We enter into it with praise. God, I thank you. Boom, there you are. You're in. So when you're in prison, thank you. Boom, there he is. It engages us. Number two, praise brings him in. You say, well, wait a second. I thought Jesus is everywhere all the time. Yeah, 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 he is. But, but he is engaged when we praise. Listen, praise is, is, what, is what causes Jesus, listen, to manifest himself. So we know he's here, but you know when he's here. You know what I'm saying? Like you know he's there, but sometimes you know he's there. Why? Because you've engaged him, and now he is engaging you. You are experiencing him. Psalm 22, verse 3 says this, you are, you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Well, one translation says, that, uh, well, that's the translation I was going to use right there. You are enthroned. You, he makes his throne room in the place of our praise. Other words, when I praise the Lord, it's like he comes in, he's in the room, he's like moving around, and when I praise him, he sits enthroned. He's saying, the work here is done. That's what it means to sit down, right? You don't sit down until you're finished. Well, Jesus finished, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of the, the, of the Father. And so when we praise him, he comes in, he sits down, and he goes, I'm the ruler here. I'm in charge here. It engages Jesus. So you engage him, and he engages the scenario, the scene. Jesus is there. See, when we set our attention 
and our affection, that's what worship is. is we, we set our attention on him. We show him some affection, whether it's singing songs or lifting hands or living life. Whatever it is, we are setting our attention, our affection, and our appreciation on Jesus. It sets us at an advantage. It sets you at an advantage to live this lifestyle of praise. I know it's not always easy. I know it's hard sometimes to say, thank you, God. I don't feel like saying thank you, God, right now. Right now, I'm like, God, what's up? But that doesn't do anything for you, and it definitely doesn't do anything for the Lord. Because he's like, I didn't do that. I'm getting sick and tired of God getting blamed for all the bad news. (laughs) What's up with that? I don't know where God was. Where was God? Where were you? He was looking for you to represent him. All right. When, when we live our lives with the great big thank you, Jesus, that's how we spread his dominion. That's how we spread the rulership of Jesus. How does Jesus rule, rule on the earth? Through the praises of his people. Because he is enthroned on your praise. Are you tracking with me? So enthroning Jesus not only engages Jesus, it engages dominion. You you have authority over any situation you can praise in. If you can't praise in it, then you're not operating in authority. And some of you are like, man, this week has been Monday. What has authority over you? Monday? You have authority over Monday. Just honor the Lord. Just praise the Lord. It's the worst day. Don't even say it. The best king of your life, enthroned, dominion. Something's changing. Something's changing. Psalm 24, my favorite psalm. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. What's that saying? It's talking about the righteous. Who can go before God? The righteous ones. Oh, you're righteous? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness on my own is like filthy rags, but my righteousness in God is the same righteous, as righteous as God is. So I have clean hands and a pure heart because of what Jesus did. And now I'm able to approach the Lord. And now that I'm able to approach the Lord, I'm able to engage the Lord, and the Lord is able to engage my situation. Then he says this, verse 7, lift up your heads, O you gates. You're a gate. Did you know that you're a gate? Did you know your mouth is a gate? Your mouth lets out everything that's in your heart. We have a child. We have four, so you might be 25% right. We have a child, and we have to tell him all the time, you don't have to say everything that comes into your mind. Right? Your your mouth is a gate. Whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Well, I just want to know what's in my heart. What are you saying? Right? Right? Your mouth is a gate. Your actions are a gate. You're a gate. This way it says, lift up your heads. What is that saying? Set your attention. Oh, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors. Why? That the king of glory may come in. See, Jesus wants to get in your situation. But will you set your attention? Will you set your affection? Will you set your praise on him, oh righteous ones? Will you just set your attention and say, Lord, let the king of glory. And then it says right here, look it, look it, look it, right here. It says, who is this king of glory? Who is he? The Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord is mighty in battle. So when I lift 
time I end up whatever battle I face, I just engage the Lord, and here he comes. And he always wins. He wins every battle. Listen, praise is a weapon. It's not his primary purpose, yet it engages Jesus. And let me say this, that Jesus is the heaviest one in the universe. So your situation might be heavy, and you need that situation to be broken. You need breakthrough, right? Come on. Your mental weight right now in your life is heavy. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety or frustration or stress, or or maybe you have um, some medical diagnosis that's causing you to be kind of messed up in the way that you process things. Maybe you have an addiction. Come on, maybe you have sickness in your body. What do you need? You need breakthrough. You need something to break that. But listen, Jesus, when he shows up, is always the most powerful, the heaviest one in the room. He's always the heaviest one in the room. He is heavier than your situation. But it's a good heavy. The weight of God, the glory of God, the kabod of God. Boom! Everything breaks under his weight. He's always the biggest guy in the room. Will you bring him in? Lift up your heads, all you gates. Will you bring him in the room? Oh, man, it's so hard. My life, my situation, my marriage, my family. Lift up your heads, oh, you gates. Watch the king come in. Watch him bring his, let him put his weight on it. Let him put his weight. You, you've been carrying the weight so long, let him put his weight on it. Mm-hmm. So enthroning Jesus engages dominion. He's always the heaviest guy in the room. Number three, we are clothed with praise. So we've got this. We, get, we approach the Lord with praise. The Lord engages us with praise. And then what do we do with praise? We, we clothe ourselves with it. We, we put it on. Look, Isaiah 61. We use this scripture a lot because this is, this is the mission of Jesus. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Some of you are going to hear this and you're going to say, yes, that's me. You just receive it right now. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To pro- proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God. To comfort all, all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. So you got to understand something about ashes. In the Old Testament, when this was written, whenever someone would repent, they need to get rid of their sins. Come on, because they screwed up. they blown it. So they would go to the priest, and they put the slack, sackcloth on, and they would they put ashes on their head, and they would be, I'm just such a miserable person. In the New Covenant, we do it like this. I'm such a sinner. I'm such a sinner. I'm so unfit for the love of God. Unworthy, unworthy, unworthy. This is what he says. <laughs> says. This is what he says to that. He says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Instead of ashes, you get a crown because you're royalty. We don't, we don't, that's what he says. I don't give out, I don't give out ashes, I give out crowns. You don't get to be miserable anymore. See, some of you, let me just say this. Some of you want permission to be miserable. I've met some people in my life and they're just so miserable. 
I know some people that I love very, very, very much, and they are just so miserable. And they always have a reason for it. Listen, there will always be a reason for you to be miserable. And if there's not a reason, you will find one, I'm certain. But listen, there is always a bigger reason and a more weighty reason for you to be grateful. Give them a crown. Back on it. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness. Just this exchange. Here we go. Gladness instead of mourning. And a garment. Everybody say garment. Of praise. Say praise. Say garment of praise. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Instead of a spirit of hopelessness. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. See, God wants you to be a display of his splendor. A mighty oak tree. Come on, you're not a weed in the kingdom of God. Come on, you're not even like a good sycamore tree. You are a mighty oak in the kingdom. But this is what he says. Instead of despair, I'm going to give you a garment of praise. A colorful, beautiful garment. That word garment in the Hebrew means garment. (laughs) It means something that you put on. And then it says this if you study it out in the Hebrew. But if you study it out, it actually means something that you put on tight. Just put it on. Some of you need to take off the weight of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. Just put it on and get up in there. I know it doesn't look as cool as my other jacket, but you just got to look at it for a minute. See, listen. You can't put heaviness off until you put praise on. Come on. Praise precedes the breakthrough. You want the breakthrough? Put on the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. Literally, it means wrapping yourself up in praise. See, we don't just express praise. We are possessed by it. We are people that are possessed by by praise, not by demons like that woman was. No, no, no. We're possessed by praise. Every day I wake up and I think, I gotta thank God today. I gotta thank God that I woke up with breath, that I can serve Him today. I gotta thank God today that He rescued my life 25 years ago when I was a rotten sinner. He looked at me, He said, I want you. I like you. I want you. I choose you. I love you. I died for you. I want you. Here, have this garment and wear it for the rest of your life. So we wear it. We wear it in our worship, right? Some of you aren't wearing it today, but some of you were. You wear it in our worship. I love what David says in Psalm 122. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I'm excited to go to church to hear a good word. No, I'm excited to go be with God's people and praise the Lord. Listen, some of you, some of you will never see breakthrough in your life until you learn to have breakthrough during the moments of worship. If you are so bound with what people think or so browned by the way I am when you worship, last time I checked, it's about him, not you. So why don't you do the way that he? We went, well, I'm just, this is the kind of person I am. I'm just not a very, yeah, well, I saw you watch football and you were more excited about it than you were about Jesus today. 
Listen, not in day. Not in day, day and night. For billions of years, there's been this song going on, and it's going to go on forever. There's a song in heaven that kind of goes like this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. We give him honor and glory and power. Holy, holy, holy. And it's just been going on. You think, you think worship is repetitive in church sometimes? Look at it in heaven. Way more repetitive. So whenever we enter in to, he, to, to worship, when we start singing those songs, what are we doing? We're entering into heaven's song. There's a song that's already been singing, and then we just step in and we go, yeah, and we start singing the same song. Those songs that we sung today, they've been sung in heaven. They might have different words, but they're the same song. The song is about him. The song is, God, you're glorious. The song is, God, you're beautiful. We're, we're coming up with all those new language and new sounds, but it's really just one song. We wear it into our relationships. Mm. Wear it into our marriage, even when our marriage is tough. We wear it into our relationship with our kids. We have a grateful heart in the way that we deal with them. I haven't been wearing my garment of praise very well this week. I've got to be honest. But I know I need to put it on. Because I'm grateful that God can be glorified in my kids. And I'm grateful that God can be glorified in my marriage, so I really want to have a grateful disposition of spirit. Not, not only just those that are close to us, not just people we see at church, and we just have this grateful heart that says thank you, that's hospitable, and all this kind of stuff. Listen, and we're going to hit on this more in the series, but, but, but even people that we don't know, even strangers, we carry a garment on us, a garment of praise. We, there's, a, there's a joy about you. There's an air about you. There's a kindness about you. There's a hospitality about you. Why? Because you have a garment of praise on just because you're grateful to be alive. And you're grateful to serve somebody. You're grateful that God knows your name. You just can't get over it. Praise God. Don't ever get over it. So we do kind things for people, not for appreciation, but because we're appreciative of the life that we have in Jesus. I'm just so grateful, God. So that, that makes, you, makes it so easy for you to be nice. I just have a hard time. I'm just not a people person. I'm just not a very nice I'm just not a very nice person. You're not very grateful either. Love you. Number three. Y'all okay? Number three. We wear it in the struggles. We wear it in the struggles. We wear it in prison. Don't me in prison, but prison ain't getting in me. We wear it all the time. We wear it in the struggles. Hebrews chapter 13 says it this way. It says, we bring the sacrifice of praise. It's the fruit of our lips giving praise. It's like, it's not easy today to say thank you, God. It's not easy to say when I got the doctor report. It's not easy to say when the bill came in the mail. It's not easy to say when somebody else got the promotion and I didn't. Come on. It's not easy to say whenever somebody's succeeding at the thing I want to succeed in. Listen, you want to protect your heart, you start rejoicing what you want in the lives of other people. Stop that comparing. Listen, whatever your scenario, it's hard, God. Thank you. I thank you for my life. I thank you that Jesus loves me. I thank you, Lord, that you're good to me. That you treasure me, that you value me. I just thank you, God. Thank you. You're so good to me. It's hard, Lord. I love you. I'm so grateful. Ephesians 4, 
rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice is a, is a rejoice means re, rejoice, right? Then he says it again, it's crazy. I will say it again, rejoice. Let's make it a point. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Then he says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, if he would have wrote it like I would have, he would have put praise instead of the word thanksgiving, by prayer, petition, and praise, thanksgiving, present your request to God. How do we, how do we approach God with our request? God, I want, God, I pray for that person. God, thank you. By prayer and petition. Listen, I believe this. I believe most of your prayer time could just be spent thanking God. Listen, this is what he says. He says, don't be anxious, but in everything, just be prayerful about it. Be, tell the Lord, man, God, this is what's on my mind, but be grateful. God, this is what's on my mind. I really, but I, I do love you. I, I am so grateful for you. Then he says this, and then after that, after you do that, listen, you want peace in your life? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Other words, the peace that, that is unfathomable. Did I say that wrong? Fathomable. That you cannot fathom. Peace that you cannot understand. Right? We'll guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. So I know you're anxious. I know you're wired that way. Come on. But listen. Thankfulness will get you out of it. Come on. And let me say this, and this is kind of my last point here. We were not the first beings that were created to give glory to God. There was another being that was created. In fact, all the angels were created to bring glory to God. There's a particular angel by the name of Lucifer that was created to bring glory to God. In fact, he spent time in heaven glorifying God. Uh, Some believe that Lucifer, who later, after he was cast out of heaven, became Satan, the devil, actually had built-in musical instruments into his body. Some believe that Satan was actually the worship leader in heaven. The Scripture doesn't really say that. You kind of read into it. But we can see that he definitely had a role in bringing glory to God. The problem was, is he, did, he, did, he got jealous that God was getting glory and he wasn't getting any. He was self-consumed. So when we have things happen in our lives, the devil will come and try to rob us of praising God because he has regret. He has regret that you can do something he can't do anymore. Bring glory to God. The devil can't bring glory to God anymore. He, he screwed that up. So what God does is he creates, he casts the devil out of heaven. We, we can see this darkness fell upon the face of the deep. Satan's cast out of heaven. He's on the earth. He comes, God says, man, you are to have dominion, which you talked about earlier, Right? You're supposed to have dominion on the earth, and guess how you're going to have dominion? See, your, your, your purpose, you weren't created really to worship. You were, but not just to sing songs. You were created for dominion. We take dominion through worship. 
So what we does is with the devil, is the devil's going, let me rob you from your praise. Because if I can rob you from praising God in this moment, then I can have dominion over you. Instead, part of the reason why he wants to get in your head so much about you having a grateful heart is because he knows that every time you express gratitude to God, you were taking dominion over him. You were taking dominion over the gates of hell. Listen, beloved, there are a lot of physical things that happen in your gratitude, but there are a lot of spiritual dynamics that happen. You want freedom in your life? Learn to be grateful. You want to overcome addiction? Learn to be grateful. Freedom is here. It's part of our created order to praise, to have that spirit of praise. It is meant to be our default. We punish the enemy with our praise. We punish him with our praise. Did you know that? You are God's object of punishment to the devil. That's pretty legit. Did you know that you were also built with instruments? Uh-huh. Well, the devil, I like it. You got built into instruments. You know, just, instruments fall into three categories. You have stringed instruments, wind instruments, and percussion instruments. Some of y'all know this. You went to school and then took a class about music you didn't care about. You're an instrument. You know you have vocal cords that are like strings in your throat? Did you know that you have wind in you, a wind instrument, your breath? Did you know that you have percussive instruments in your hands. You know, you, you don't have to have a band. You don't have to have a band. You got one. It might not sound pretty to anybody else, but it takes dominion. The, the devil really hates it. You think people don't like it? The devil really hates it. I want to share this story with you real quick, and then we're going to take communion and go home. Years ago, about this is early 2000s. I want to say it was 2001, 2002 time. It's before Leslie and I were together. I was going through a very, 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 very dark season in my life. And uh, there was a couple of things that I did to keep me sane. One, one is I had community. I had people in my life that were there for me, that helped me. The second thing that I did is I stuck with my purpose. I just kept doing what God called me to do. I didn't take a break. I just stepped in because one thing I didn't need to feel in that season was worthless. And the third thing that I would do is every day, I would, and I worked at a church, every day I'd get home and I'd pull out these CDs. Now, you guys have no idea how good you have it in the worship industry today. Like, you can find your flavor, whatever, and it's awesome. Love it. But we didn't have much variety. So there's this band, they're kind of big now, called Skillet, and they put out a worship album. And it was kind of like the music I liked. So they put out this worship album. And, man, I would go home. I had one of Iowa CD players. I think it had a three-disc changer or something on it. I mean, high-end stuff. And I'd get that CD, and I'd put it in there. And I'd hit play. And, man, I would just start crying out to God, being grateful to God. Who is the Lord King Jesus? Just began to worship the Lord. Began to dance and twirl around my living room, spin around, lifting my hands and crying out to God, just glorifying the Lord. Just glorifying the Lord. And you know what? All the heaviness, all the heaviness just fell beneath the weight of those moments when I would just enter into song. 
and enter into singing. Listen, some of you are going to have to learn to get free. Some of you, it is not, it is, it is not even a self-control issue. It is simply a praise issue. It's simply because you won't get free in the presence of God. So if you can't get free in the presence of God, you will not get free anywhere. Beloved, you've got to learn the power of praise. You've got to learn to walk in the spirit of praise. So just think about some of the things that we've been talking about. I said, man, I, I just, I don't, sometimes I just have a hard time being grateful. So just celebrate. Celebrate the goodness of God. They're going to come forward with the elements right now. But listen, celebrate the goodness of God. Remember the, the good news of the gospel? Remember that you were lost? Have you forgot that the greatest event in human history has already happened? Remember that God loves you, that he wants you, that Jesus lived for you, that Jesus died a brutal death for you. Do you remember that Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave for you? Do you remember? Beloved, there is so much reason to celebrate.